Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first podcast episode of International Artistic Development. I am Matthew Hoffman, happy to present the current episode, which will be based on the solutions to challenges faced during COVID-19. Now, a lot of us have suffered from many different challenges within COVID-19, and I feel like There's a huge link when it comes to teachers, students, as well as parents and performers. And there are sometimes hidden links, sometimes very existential links that are sticking out. Now, I'd like to discuss some of the features that maybe link up between some of these. Uh, I think the main one being the student-teacher relationship. Now, before we actually start, I'd, I'd like to ask people, whether you are online or you are watching the, um, the recorded version of this, whatever platform you're on, if you can drop a comment down below, what maybe you have suffered with during COVID and maybe solutions that you found. A lot of the stuff that I'm going to be speaking about today is based on a lot of personal experiences I've had within the performance field as well as within the environment of teaching as well as coming across students that maybe had personal challenges themselves. So I would like to hear what people kind of think about that. There is a section here in the Discord, the podcast questions, if you would like to drop questions. And every now and again, as I'm going through, I will pop in and answer any questions there. All right. So, so as I said, there's a lot of people that are affected. Jumping back to what I mentioned, it's, it, it affects the students, the parents, the teachers, and performers. And looking at the student-teacher relationship, which I feel is one of the most important ones during this time because you find that as a teacher losing a student means less income as a student losing a teacher on the other hand would mean that you do not have the correct guidance as you move forward another thing that may be affecting a lot of this situation would be looking at the whole system of parents being involved. There's a much broader sense of how COVID has affected the music industry than just thinking about it within the music industry. And I think sometimes people tend to stay within their realm of everything and forget that Sometimes there's a lot of other factors that may be contributing to why a student cannot come to a lesson, why they may be on and off and things like that. So you've got to realize that, yes, a lot of musicians may have been laid off. A lot of musicians may have not 
um, being able to carry on teaching have been limited severely and it's it's because other people have also been affected parents of these students maybe cannot afford to continue with these lessons and it it leaves students stranded in a way that they they're de- desperately seeking attention sometimes finding the wrong kinds of information online that can maybe badly contribute so you never know the different types of problems so just in general now speaking let's look at more the performer side of things so we're just looking at the current effects of COVID and I know it's a bit of a maybe an old thing by now but it is still an existing problem that's going forward and I think a lot of people are kind of lying on the fringe of whether we are going to continue with these different waves or if we're actually beating the whole system so if you look at the performance side so we've we've discussed now the the parents teachers and students but from a performance side I think there's there's a huge there's a huge limit there which can affect many of the other fields as well within music speaking so there's a lot of performers that are maybe so invested within the world of performing that you find once everything shut down there's actually no work for them at all so there's 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 obviously a lot of new ideas that have come out quite interesting things that I've seen um, a lot of musicians overseas as well as maybe locally to me here in South Africa have been doing some interesting things but more than that normal situation is, is affected so if I think of um, when lockdown first happened there was a lot of maybe outcries and even points where people were protesting they wanted to move forward with performances they wanted something to open up and things obviously just just wouldn't the, the government wouldn't take a risk like that and a lot of performers were left in a very destitute state because if you are performing very consistently it hugely limits you if i think personally of my situation i was performing let's say maybe a minimum of uh, once every two weeks and rehearsing at least about four times a week and as soon as lockdown hit everything came to a halt and a lot of people were in maybe even worse situations i was at least teaching and um i had a part-time job within music so so I was in a way fine, although I had to f- kind of shift my focus at that point. And it's, uh, it's, it's maybe a bit sad to see that there's certain things that were affected. Because when things did finally open up, you'll find that some performances ended up in a position where they would maybe have to charge a little bit extra than normal. So instead of having to charge a fee of like 50 rand at the door, they would maybe, because they limited in numbers, 
have to charge something like double that amount, maybe a hundred rand. And I've I've seen it happen. It's uh, it's not a fun situation, because uh, realistically, if you, if you look at a lot of things, um, performers have to make money at the end of the day, and I suppose in a way it's taking advantage of the fact that people have been left so long without having to actually see live entertainment that they forced in a situation where this is what they have to do this is what they have to pay but i mean i've i've seen a lot of theaters i've heard of a lot of people that maybe put together a performance for something and you've got a cast of four people which means there's four people that need to be paid and 50 people just doesn't cut it some theaters have to pay for um, equipment for cleaning deep cleaning things like that and and it affects so if you're making 5,000 rand at the end of a night but you've got to pay that 5,000 to essentially clean the place you are severely limited okay so let's actually get into the important bit so I'd like to talk about the shift online from my side as well as ideas that might be helpful to others that want to shift online and I feel that there have been a lot of people that have shifted online and have maybe struggled there or maybe people that are just still scared to maybe move online and hopefully this can some way help those that are on the fence at the moment all right so let's let's talk a bit about the international artistic development so iad started very early in lockdown there were i would say two things that i wanted to do during lockdown one was find a find a place that i wanted to essentially um, build a community of musicians connecting them where they can discuss various ideas um, whether it be academically or just just on the side talking about um, your general music topics just for fun's sake or maybe the development educationally as well as building this connection between uh, students and teachers and at that time I think it was called Maestro Classics Music which is um, a bit of a personal name I would say it is a company I started well I tried to start essentially um, before I even entered university built roughly around the same idea of um, connecting musicians together and building a large base of music and I think we've we, we've grown since then and expanded our outreach in a way that um, I don't think I would have predicted and if I if I essentially gave up on the difficulties and challenges that lie ahead I don't think we would be here right now with the podcast happening and so on which is it's quite interesting so the other thing i wanted to achieve with all this it was obviously 
um, shifting my teaching online as well. And I hoped that a lot of others would also do that. I know uh, we've got a choir that managed to shift on here. And there are some teachers that essentially joined. There's actually quite a few interesting ones here that will be available for teaching soon and are already available. So I'm I'm quite happy that that we've found a nice place where we can discuss all of this. So that's basically the history of international artistic development. How we've kind of gotten to this point it is just a, a growing community a growing idea a free idea essentially um, because i wanted to be able to provide teachers with a place where they can advertise themselves and students can freely either look at their free content or if they can afford it um, approach some teachers and actually take on lessons all right, so jumping on from that to, to the actual important stuff of this. So they look at equipment and programs. So naturally, because I'm using Discord at the moment, Discord for me, right from the beginning, was one of the huge changes in how I essentially taught. And I would say it, it changed a lot for me. It was, it was really a game changer. So Discord I used many years ago when I played games and I, I never thought of it outside of that un until I was forced into the situation of where I actually had to teach online. I had, I had to shift everything online that I was doing at, at the time, whether it be teaching, whether it be performance ideas and so on. And, and I first started with Zoom and Zoom was... Zoom was nice, but there were certain limitations to it. I, I think I would still recommend Zoom to quite a few people. I know way back I, I did a I did a class based on the uh, different platforms one could essentially use and some of the best in terms of quality and um, what it provides. Uh, I maybe just went overboard with like how I how I looked at uh, Zoom at the time. But uh, yeah, Zoom, Zoom has been great. There's been a lot of other applica applications I've been forced to kind of either endure or explore um, or just for interest's sake look at. Because, um, I mean, with, with Composition Online, shifting to a position where I had to do, um, what is it, to the webinars um it was i think that was one of my most challenging moments because i i think i just came across bots at that time and there was this whole system that they wanted and i had to really explore what to do to actually get it to work but um yeah i think i wound up eventually just settling with zoom being the easiest method but um yeah, Discord for me has been really great. It is um, maybe a challenge for some, which is why I suppose this is another reason why I'm kind of sitting with the whole idea of running this system because it it helps 
teachers in a lot of ways because this whole system I run and then teachers can come on board and I can just set up everything and it runs automatically how they want it to be. Okay, so um, I think one of the most important things, if you're going to be teaching online uh, or even performing and recording your stuff online, is the look at equipment. Equipment is is such a vitally important uh, point to really look at. And I wouldn't take shopping for it lightly either. I, I did a, I think, before I essentially got... Uh, the, these microphones, my my interface, uh, even my laptop, there was a lot of searching, especially for the sound equipment. I think it, I think I sat deciding for about four to five months, and then I ran around looking at different quotes and things, um, different suggestions as to what might be the best. And uh, maybe I can help in some way. I cannot really say I'm an expert in this. So I cannot say definitely what might be the best. But I can maybe put you in the right ballpark. So personally, there's there's a mic that I've been using that is really great. It was a great starting point for me uh, when shifting online. And has been really great for other things that... Uh, I've done as well as me and my wife have maybe done together um, things like uh, recording some of our our old gaming stuff on the on a gaming channel, um, and there's even some narration that I've done. So it's the Samson Meteor mic, uh, which is a great one. Another one that I've heard is, that is really great is the Blue Yeti. And the nice thing about these is they are USB mics. So instead of having to go the route of buying a an, an interface, you find that uh, a USB one just plugs in, you use it instantaneously, and then it's easy to, to work with from there. If you are using your if you are using your phone or your or your laptop to um, get a lot of your sound, you're gonna find that there's gonna be a lot of complications. Um, and I think one thing, let me actually speak about this before I maybe lose sight of it. So when you're working on a platform like like Zoom or uh, whether it be uh, Google Meets or even here on Discord, you've got to realize that there's one important factor when it comes to teaching music um, or even having... Uh, your music kind of live stream to people and this factor is essentially the changes in your audio so a lot of people don't realize that um, there's stuff like noise suppression on there's an auto adjustment level Uh, there's quite a few different features that you might have to change here in discord let me actually just pull it up so I can give you the precise things um, so there's automatic input sensitivity that you need to change, noise suppression, echo cancellation, noise reduction. A lot of a lot of those features are set in place that just 
make things like uh, speaking to other people in a game or having a meeting uh, just so much better because it blocks around it blocks out all your your background sound now that's really great for if you are playing online or if you are in a meeting now the problem lies in the fact that if you're actually using it for music we are at a disadvantage because music has a number of different features when you are singing or when you are playing an instrument there are minor details in the sound things like articulation and things like overtones and a lot of this stuff is missed so if you have noise reduction on um, and and everything else that I've kind of mentioned you'll find that when your student plays or if you play the first thing that's gonna happen is they're gonna say something like it's cutting out here and there or I can't hear this um, so this is an extremely important part this is one of the changes you have to make so even if you're using your basic mic whether it be on your phone or your laptop it's it's gonna be one of the biggest things that affect so if you haven't got a mic this is essentially the first point that you need to work on so finding these settings changing these settings so that you can actually hear your student and they can hear you when you are trying to show examples and so on um, okay so let's look at some of the other equipment that might be important so I, I found that lighting was a very important thing so I find these days your your cell phone can be an absolute saving grace when it comes to video content uh, there's a lot of apps that you can connect so that your phone can become a webcam because well let's be honest the webcam on a laptop or a computer is not great so one of the things that has been really nice is um, finding all these different kind of apps and some of them are completely free that you can use uh, there's OBS which has been a great one I've used I think for um, for OBS you've got you've got something called droid cam that connects that is uh, really nice that you can use either on iPhone or Android so you can use your phone as a webcam um, besides that there is um, there's a lot of decently priced webcams currently the one I'm using is actually um, a really nicely priced webcam I'm not actually sure of the brand but um, if you really shop around and look at reviews and stuff you can find some really nice stuff that you can that you can actually focus on so whether you are a student or a teacher uh, or even a performer you you really want to look into some type of quality something that moves away from your laptop camera it makes a huge difference uh, but I was mentioning lighting earlier uh, if you don't have anything at the moment and you are maybe saving towards it looking towards it um, lighting really makes a difference uh, it, it was the first change I made and I've noticed huge changes 
as the camera quality kind of got better then um, lighting still makes a difference um, so let's look at okay so there's a few more things equipment is, is, is a huge area one can essentially look at because there's there are maybe alternate ways around it but there's certain things with equipment that you maybe want to do um, I feel for me one thing that I heavily wanted to get into in, invested into I would say is um, being able to record my own sound so being able to sit at the piano and record something that wasn't through my phone was 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 a goal for me and it, it makes it makes a huge difference I mean it's it's not professional studio quality or anything but having the right microphones the right system and your knowledge of how to place mics uh, for recording uh, as well as kind of set your room up can be a huge benefit for you as well as a student because you've got to remember that um, a lot of examinations are also online at the moment and students want to be in a place where they can obviously perform with the sound everything every detail kind of being captured as um, it should be or as close as it should be it's it's a huge importance um, it's also hugely important as a musician to be able to hear yourself correctly to hear the details because there's a lot of I know we can say that as an experienced musician you maybe have a great ear but I feel like there's there's still limitations that we that we have let me give you an example so when it comes to learning piano a lot of piano teachers will say something like don't use the pedal and there's a very valid reason for for not using the pedal it is incredibly difficult to strain your focus and focus on these ten fingers playing music and getting all the articulation right the dynamics right the phrasing there's so many different ideas that you that you are doing with just these ten fingers it's, it's not just reading notes it's not just timing and, and, and mathematics but there's a whole artistic aspect that you are trying to translate onto your instrument now if you include something like the pedal it means your your focus is now shifted on something else because pedaling is not just stepping your foot down on the pedal there's a certain degree of control so for instance um, there is some music where you would put the pedal all the way down um, and there's some music where you would have almost a quarter of the pedal used so just a fractionally put down just so you get that slight resonance but there's just so much control there's so much playing around to do to actually discover that point and if you're so heavily focused on what your fingers are doing you're going to forget altogether what what your sound as a whole is going to be when your pedal is down now 
if you can't accurately listen to how your pedal is affecting your music because you are so focused on the um, getting your fingers to work, I mean, how are you going to know that other details are not coming out? So this is why it's incredibly important to to um, really record your work and listen back to it to find your your finer details and listen to what you could change as you go forward. So so yeah, equipment plays a huge role. It is an investment. Um, I find that I've used it in more ways than once. Uh, more ways than one that can actually contribute to my life. I'm looking at a lot of um, music psychology ideas, recording natural sounds, playing around with types of sound that may help um, sleeping patterns, studying, stuff like that. So, um, I mean, music is personal for each person, so so maybe it can, can contribute in another way. But alternatively, it could be that all this equipment is just too much for some. Some people just may not want to be there at that moment. And yes, there are alternatives that you could look at, essentially. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, if you were in the chat, um, I was talking about the Samson Meteor mic. Just for reference sake, I've got it here on the video. So this is the Samson Meteor mic. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the best quality, but it has been it has been good to me. As I mentioned, Blue Yeti is another one that you can look at. Okay, so that is the cheaper alternative. This is not too bad. Sometimes you can find people that are upgrading that maybe are selling the, their mics. That may be another option that you can look at. Okay, so programs. As I mentioned, programs, right? I think I was talking about how great Discord is. And, uh, yeah, so I found with a lot of other program programs that I would use, when teaching online, I just found that Discord always won-upped. The, the fact that it was a lot easier on data made it so much better for me in south africa it's not essentially easy to teach online there's many moments where the internet dips beyond a point and i've had it happen to me on zoom where i'm i'm busy with a webinar and midway through the webinar um, it completely cuts out because my internet has dipped below a certain point and it, uh, it it just felt to me very unprofessional to work on a system where I've kind of got to keep reconnecting with people. So, so yeah, this Discord was was really nice because uh, there's there's times when my internet dips and it still stays connected, or it still brings me back into the the chat essentially. And I've never really had any problems uh, voice wise. Um, the the quality is a lot better than, than a lot of different um, systems out there. But I think my favorite thing, my favorite thing about Discord is the fact that 
you can customize everything how you want so um, I mean it, it's not visible in the server but I've, I've set up um, the KZN Midlands Youth Choir section they, they've got a section for the parents a section for the the students each voice group to to practice in the customizability is just insane how much you can actually do with it um, I've got a private area for my students essentially as well so my, my students once they sign up with me there's a specific area that only they can see and it it functions as quite a nice feature once you sign up as a student because um, you see not just the content that you're working with but other students that are with me as well you get to see what they are working on as well and I'm, I'm trying to implement this for the the teachers coming in as well so that you don't just benefit from what you are seeing in your lesson but whatever else kind of pops into that space that you are allowed to see you see what everyone else is working on and it kind of it kind of widens your knowledge of it you know it, it it's it's a it's a bonus it's kind of an idea that i took from the um the system for composition online because composition online functions um with a whole masterclass system and whatever the recorded session is it gets put into the database and new students sorry about that new students that sign up get to see this as well so all of your old information it's it's nice to see obviously some stuff might be a little bit advanced for some um, but I feel a lot of stuff is is hands-on and there's always something that you can you can take away from it so um, that is equipment and programs I'd like to look a bit at al alternatives before I jump into some of the education system and and problems that maybe students might be facing as well as employers and, and companies so for those that maybe don't want to invest in some of the uh, heavy equipment there are many alternatives that I've seen and maybe I can suggest I've, I've seen a lot of people using whatsapp pre-recording uh, your your classes and just kind of uploading it there it is it is obviously one system that has been I, I feel it, I feel it's actually not too bad um, I mean with whatever you you do there's going to be challenges whether it be with pre-recorded classes um, whether you're doing a lesson in person or even um, your your live lesson online there's going to be some type of issue naturally the issue with pre-recorded lessons means that your student has to submit something then you have to submit a response and if there are questions in between it means you've got to submit a new demonstration um, or go into a lengthy text explanation something of the sort but 
a lot of teachers have actually made it work. So whether it be on WhatsApp or some other system, there can be a pre-recorded system that you can work with. And it, it makes it so much easier because you simply just you just set up your phone and it's and, and most phones have a great camera. You record that and and it's done. Then you don't have to worry about settings like um, your noise cancellation and things like that. Okay, so those those are alternatives. Alright, so during now lockdown and COVID has lasted a very long time. A lot of people hoped it would leave earlier. And I, I think I've, I've seen this, uh, this hope with a lot of students at university. So the next topic I'd like to look at is the caliber of university students and maybe even students at school as well. I'm pretty sure that at this point, a lot of final year students and a lot of students that are in their last year of school are worried about their studies after that, or maybe getting jobs after study. And it is really, it, it's, it's a valid point. Is the caliber of students the same with some of the effects COVID-19. To be honest, in more ways than others, yes, there is a, this is a huge problem. And I found that if you are a student that, that relies heavily on your teachers during this time, it is, I feel, almost disastrous. Um, there's a lot of self-exploration that you have to do. There's a lot of asking that you have to do. Finding help outside the realm of the institution. There is a lot of information that is lost when it comes to working online. If I personally speak again from my side, I know as a teacher, um, I, I deal heavily with um, your posture-related stuff as well as healthy physical habits with um, when, it, when it comes to performance in music. Now, this has actually been the biggest challenge for me, having to, having to explain some of these things, uh, how the body functions without being there in person is such a difference. Uh, there's... There's some people that, that obviously, it's, it's kind of like a hand-and-eye coordination. Some people just feel their body a lot better than others. And you explain something, and instantaneously, they, they get it. You know, it's um, quick and easy. And then, and this is, this is the majority of students, don't actually get to feel that. You have to adjust something. Um, I mean, the idea, I've explained so many times to different people how to play from your your shoulder on the piano. And verbally, it just, it just doesn't work sometimes. Um, sometimes I go through multiple explanations of the same concept to try and get it across. 
and and sometimes it, it is still not grasped i know a lot of physical parts of technique is is a, is a personal journey and uh you personally uh, i mean how your body functions is is kind of like a fingerprint it is unique to each person but uh, being there in person is so it's so much easier to explain certain things and i can only imagine the amount of stuff that the amount of information and the amount of core knowledge that is being lost in the translation of teaching online and obviously learning online and it's a it's a it's it's a devastating situation to be and there definitely are different ways to get around this maybe not solid solutions and things but um, it's at least something something to kind of go with i've always found that you you've got to you've got to do research on your own so as i was saying earlier you have to you have to ask people um, because maybe you can't meet with your teacher, but maybe there's someone within your area that is experienced that can explain certain things and is willing to actually meet with you because sometimes it's just not possible at a university. Um, but alternatively, if you are staying away from close contact, um, there's there's a lot of demonstrations online that, that one could find it, it is a bit of a risk, so it's always best to ask an expert that has looked into stuff online. Like I know when I've looked at Alexander Technique, there's a lot of weird stuff that I found online that seems um, almost cult-like and is not... Um, like I, I just see weird adjustments and I'm like, nope, that's not Alexander Technique. Um, so you, you've got to be really careful with what you come across. So whatever you come across, if you find it interesting, if you find it educational, if you're not understanding it, check with someone. Make sure that it's relevant information if you are watching a video on something. But um, there's, there's many fields that have amazing content. If you look at uh, masterclasses for your specific field of music or field of art, you find there's there's a lot of great explanations that you you'll come across and there's sometimes people that deal with um, covering your posture related uh, difficulties as well so some of the stuff i mentioned before um books books are incredibly important i'm actually rereading a book that i would say changed my life at university when I, when i started university i was in a situation where I learned music very much on my own, and I mean, I, I I taught myself to read and stuff. But I don't know. A lot of people, when I tell them this, they they amazed it. But I mean, I was one of those kids that you give me something to sit with, I'll sit with it, and I was stubborn enough not to quit until I figured it out. But working on your own means you you miss out certain things you you need some type of guidance and i was i think a little too stubborn to find that type of guidance 
But um, yeah, when I got to university, I learned the hard way. And yeah, I, I discovered that there were a lot of technical technicalities, I would say, that I hadn't gotten down. How my how to map out what fingers to use in what order was absolute chaos. Um, I, so I had to relearn that entirely, how to put in the correct fingering for for playing the piano. Um, my physical approach, naturally, was <laughs> almost non-existent. I had some weird mannerisms. And I would say I explored quite a bit in terms of in terms of this, there were some different different ways I would kind of place the chair in order to achieve certain things. But uh, yeah, one of one of the books that I came across, I wonder if I have it around just to get the correct name. Um, Rizal, do you think you can get uh, the book that I recently got, the one you got for me for for my birthday? Is is it around? Okay, okay. Alright. So 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 this is the book. Let me show it to the other camera. Okay. okay, so famous pianists and their technique. This is something that really, really changed my life. Um and it's really important I, I feel to find a book that is readable and is on a subject that is really important. And this book is incredibly readable. It it makes everything interesting. Um, it's it's always interesting to come across this situation because it's very true for whether you're writing a book or whether you're playing a piece uh, on your instrument. If your passion is there and your explorative side, you'll find that your audience is going to hear that kind of thing. So... I can sometimes pick up when I'm reading a book whether the person has just written it just to kind of withstand getting through their masters or whatever um, challenge they've been assigned in terms of writing or whether this person has been absolutely passionate about the topic and has started writing it. So famous pianists and their technique. The writer of this one is Reginald R. Gehrig. So I've started reading this again from the beginning and um it's it's quite interesting because there's a new way that i've entirely seen it so yeah it is a really interesting book to read if you are into piano and technique definitely pick it up i've suggested this to many of my students uh famous pianist and their technique is something that uh while i struggled with technique Actually, waking up with this here. So while I struggled with technique at university, this book showed me the ins and outs. It takes you through all the legendary pianists and keyboard players from even the harpsichord days, the techniques that they worked with, and it kind of shows you the relevant and irrelevant information up to date. So it's... um. It's really good, and it covers some of the best pianists, how they uh, came up with ideas for their technique and stuff. So, really worth a look. So, jumping back to the topic, getting information on your field. 
So reading is, I would say, a huge plus. Um, I mean, you, you can watch a video, you can learn a few things, but really studying a book is a completely different thing. I, I find a video is really great for capturing a almost like a moment in time. And if it just so happens that this moment in time that you wanted captured was something related to something you, you're struggling with, great. But a book, on the other hand, so so let's say, let's say you, you watch a video on uh, Vladimir Horowitz, right? Who was one of the best pianists. Um, you're going to learn something from watching him. There's a unique approach that he had to playing um, I mean, there's a few pianists that have this thing of playing with flat fingers, and it was unheard of during the time. Playing these, these absolutely technical pieces with flat fingers just seemed impossible. And and you'll see some of his performances, even in his old age, he'll be playing some of these faster passages, and it looks like his his hands are not moving. And I mean, so but jumping jumping back to the topic. So so you watch one of his videos, and from watching the video, you you essentially learn something that is vital to maybe what you've been struggling with at the time. However, if you read a book on maybe the life and teaching of Vladimir Horowitz, you are going to get a perception of the writer as well as uh, the topic that is being covered such a broad sense of it there's so much information that goes into it like this the same book that i mentioned um it really thoroughly covers almost everything when it comes to technique there, there's just so much to learn so much to explore so much to think about that you've never thought about before and you you really just won't get that from from a, a small article or a a video of someone so reading about your field in music is incredibly important to your survival as a student and i would say as a professional as well i feel it's a very dangerous situation to be in if you are a living professional and you are not actively reading up and expanding your knowledge because growth is vital to you. Um, I think one of the scariest things for me is being in a position where I am not learning anything anymore. Uh, that just terrifies me. So every day I'm watching a video on something new, trying to come across some new content, um, maybe even trying to personally just mess around on the piano trying to figure out something i mean i've i've picked up so many different skills during lockdown it's insane despite lockdown being such a terrible situation it forced a lot of people to actually sit on their own and do stuff that they never could before because uh there was there was less work there was less school um, you you were put into a situation where you had to discover yourself 
which is quite an interesting thing. And I think a lot of people are actually afraid of their selves, um, afraid of applying themselves in a way, which is um, really music is something that is, it's a challenge and it is something that you've got to cast your, side, your fears aside and, and approach. I mean, there's a lot of things that teachers might say to stop you from doing things, but, um, and I think jumping back to this topic, um, because honestly, I was a little bit out of breath earlier on when I was speaking about this, having just started, I think the rush of getting this podcast going kind of shifted my mental aspect of this. But um, yeah, so the caliber of university students, we are still kind of on that topic. And I would like to jump back just to kind of link this thing up with this. So the the student-teacher relationship. Uh, as I said, this is a very important aspect uh, when it comes to either teaching or learning. Because um, sometimes a bad teacher can ruin your experience of music and um, likewise a bad student can ruin your experience of teaching if you are not very professional about it Uh, especially if if you are a new teacher it is vitally important but I think it's I think it's really important and and you can find this in in a blog that I've written for my website the www.internationalartisticdevelopment.com where I discuss a lot of this the uh, parent-teacher relationship Uh, it might not be available now as uh, the website's going under construction at the moment but um, once it's back up that article will will be there Um, and obviously I'll, I'll notify you in the discord so student teacher relationship it's really important to understand what the one does what the one is expecting and should expect essentially so I think as a student, they, you kind of come into this world of, of music and you've got this teacher that's, that's guiding you and you very much feel like everything rests on that teacher. Whether you succeed, whether you don't succeed, rests all on them. And this is not entirely true. If you think about it, you meet your teacher for about one hour. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of vital information that you gain and gleam kind of from those situations. But that means for almost seven days, so it's seven days, obviously minus one hour, you are entirely on your own. You've got to take some of the concepts that you've learned in your lesson and you're supposed to be expanding, exploring. If you learn something like um, your scales, I mean, there's so many different things you can do with your scales to explore. There's new scales that you can learn. You can combine your scales with improvisation. There's just a huge amount of things that you can actually do on your own and um, 
yeah, the, you just have to realize that as a student, do not expect the teacher to fix everything. There's a lot of self-exploration. And the more you explore and bring to the table at the next lesson, the more your teacher can guide you from there. And I promise you, even if you are doing the wrong things, that passion that you are applying to your craft, your teacher will see the effort that you are making and double their efforts to help you. There's nothing that makes a teacher happier than seeing a student that is going above and beyond what is being taught in the lesson. Now, it is the same, well, not, not the same, but it is a similar situation with the teacher. I, I feel teachers kind of sit in this position where they think in one particular way and they expect a certain thing and um, it cre it creates problems. Now, I'm not saying all teachers kind of fall into this category, but I do feel there's a large percentage that uh, need to need to think about teaching. Like if I think about it, at the end of every year... Okay, so I've just been put offline. Um, but the recording is still rolling in the dark. <laughs> okay, so we've still got a bit of time. So as, as I was saying... Uh, let's see, where was I... Okay, so I, w I was talking about the aspect of teachers maybe being in a position where they don't understand their students or they explain stuff without, um, or essentially give a task without students um, understanding something. So for instance, giving a student a scale and a student doesn't really know the reason behind the scale, why they should be doing this scale... This, I feel, is, is an example of the position that a teacher kind of holds sometimes. I think it's it's really important to create awareness of certain things in music and create an environment that is very healthy for exploration when it comes to students. So I think we need to be really aware of this as, as music teachers. And we need to constantly be looking at how we can improve at the end of a term, essentially, um, within a year, you know. Just relook at how you've been teaching things and think, okay, but, but maybe if I change this, it can be an improvement. And maybe it won't be an improvement. The thing that matters is that you are constantly trying to improve. So you might change something and find that ah, no, you've got to change it back or something. But at least you're trying to achieve new frontiers. And another thing that you need to do is kind of understand your student. It's it's really important to understand how your student's brain functions, how they because if you understand how their brain functions, their personality. Um, how they approach things, it's going to help you understand how they understand um, whatever you are giving them. Um, 
So yeah, there's, there's really a lot to think about whether you are coming from the student's perspective or whether you are coming from the, um, the teacher's perspective of things. Okay, uh, see, it's hard to read my notes. Okay, so I've kind of covered the next part without realizing it. Um, so working on your own. So I've, I've discussed quite a bit of this. The things of reading um, and looking at your uh, your YouTube videos that you can sometimes find, masterclasses. There's, there's really great content out there. Uh, and there's so much more to music than what's just on the page. So really, really explore. The more you explore, the more you become adept at this whole situation, this whole nature that you're kind of working with, this this world that you're kind of exploring. It makes it a lot easier. Okay, so I think a place that people don't really touch on is the possibilities of different avenues. And this is something that I'd really like to discuss with my students because it is really important uh, that they realize the possibilities of the different fields within music before it is too late. I mean, there's nothing worse than a student being uh, really passionate about maybe performing or some aspect of music and then they finish their degree and then they find that they cannot find any viable work for their current situation. Um, and maybe they haven't realized that certain things are required to get certain jobs. Um, I know there's there's been cases where someone has... Um, they've done their honors in um, in a specific instrument... And then they, they're really great at performing on that instrument. They're really great at teaching that instrument. And then they want to get into the schooling system of teaching. And, and there's, they've struggled with maybe getting into that position because they don't have any experience with playing piano. So there's certain things you need to look at. So for one, teaching in a school, it's, it's highly likely that there's going to be a requirement or preference to people that can play piano or play guitar. Now, if, if you're taking on a position that requires accompaniment and you can, the only thing you can play is drums, you're going to be at a disadvantage quite a bit. So, so there's, there's certain things that you need to think about. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm thinking of this field essentially or, or this topic in a much broader sense because um, so for instance there's the topic of um, let, let's let's take where I am at the moment so when I was studying here in South Africa one thing that I looked into that wasn't available was music therapy and some of the the studies and the research that was done absolutely blew me away. I, I didn't know that this this world existed where um, music was used medically and psychologically to 
do different things besides uh, just performance, you know. Um, maybe increase the rate at um, which people uh, recover from certain uh, injuries. There's um, psychological experiments that have gone on where um, crime rates have reduced in certain areas depending on what type of music has been played. There's there's a lot of weird and there's a lot of cool research on it. Um, but so th- there's, there's two things to really look at. You will you need to look at is this available where you are? So obviously when I was studying, it it wasn't there. Um, you you couldn't do music therapy at the time. Now it's something that is um, it it does seem to be something that students want to do, but there's no jobs. So you've kind of got to aim towards doing your degree here and then um, thinking of another place in the world to like do your uh, to to either finish your degree or do your master's and then break into the field in whatever country is maybe strongest for it if you really want to go into that. And that is just one example. There's obviously another quite a few avenues where musicians kind of fail. Um, uh, in in realizing the importance, so um, I think th- this one is really important: the business side of music and the marketing side of music is severely neglected. I think I still, to a degree, neglect a lot of things <laughs> within marketing, but I'm at least now aware of certain things, and I've I've kind of been forced into the situation. But it's it's. It's vital that while you are studying, you cover this type of stuff. There, there are certain courses that you can do. Some universities do offer marketing for students. And it is really important. I, I would highly recommend if you're going to be someone that wants to do solo performance, wants to teach on your own, there is a lot that marketing for musicians um, fits into that slot so so yeah there, there's, there's a lot to think about and there's a lot more you can do with music than, than you actually think I mean there's I would say there's a huge need for experienced musicians to be in the field of um, on the side of the law I would say um, so dealing with copyright and things like that there there have been I'm sure you might have even even come across it but there's been a lot of really dumb lawsuits that have come out and uh, musicians look at it and they think well this is ridiculous why why would this happen or something like that Um, and and you can see really in-depth explanations on certain things like copyright uh, issues that have popped up or people getting sued over silly ideas. And the thing is, if if a copyright lawyer was fully experienced within the field of music, situations like this wouldn't happen. So, yeah, there's, there's certain places where there's more of a need for musicians. Um, maybe there's something that you're really passionate about, and maybe you've got to do something else to kind of 
hold through on that. I know one thing that I was dead set against was was teaching music. And uh, I just wanted to be a performer. And I learned the hard way that it just doesn't happen like that. Once you get out of university, you are, you are unknown. Nobody knows you. Maybe you've done a few performances while you were at university. Um, but that is basically it. Um, you've got you've basically at that point got no marketing knowledge you've um you've got to build yourself up from the beginning so it's important to have a plan b plan c plan d something that can tie you over just be careful of losing sight of yourself i think this is another important aspect if you have these dreams that you want to go with and you've maybe got to do something on the side. It might eat away at your time for that specific dream. So it's very important to not lose sight of it. I very much for the first few years when I started teaching music in a school, lost sight of what I wanted to do. And there was a lot that I was forced to kind of do in that first job that actually really shaped me as a musician. My ear was not really good, and I was I was put in a situation where I had to um, almost daily write new music and um, come up with a new concepts to train uh, students and stuff. And that really shaped my ear because sometimes I had to listen to stuff that I that I would have to then write down and. I mean, it, it, it's my job. I can't really say no at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it really shaped me, and I'm really grateful for the difficult situation because it has made me a better musician. So th- there's sometimes there's there's that as a bonus. But um, yeah, I, I did lose sight of myself, and it was only when I left that work that I really discovered myself again. And. I'm really glad that I found myself in, and, and I'm performing again, uh, even even during COVID times. Um, I'm still performing, conducting, um, accompanying, and um, I've gotten into a lot of chamber music right now, which I find really exciting. Um, it, it is, yeah, it's 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 beautiful for me, and I mean, you've got your own thing that that you're gonna want to work on. Okay, so. In closing, so just kind of closing everything off, there's there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons when it comes to working online. And obviously it's the same with working um, in person with someone. There, there are certain benefits um, and there are sometimes things that maybe don't work out. But at the end of the day, it's how you kind of take what you've got and work with it. So whether you're a student, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a performer, how can you make your situation work for you? And I think that, um, you know, as, as musicians, we put in a place where we've got to be constantly creative. I think we are just designed to work out a way to make things actually 
succeed. So don't don't limit yourself and don't think you're stuck in a box when um, things kind of go wrong. As a musician, you can find a way. And um, maybe you need to seek expert advice or advice of a colleague or something, but don't let the the cons of a situation put you down entirely. There are still positives that you can work on and maybe there are ways you can work around the negatives that are maybe putting you off from the situation. I certainly have not let the whole thing of me uh, teaching posture being a difficulty set me back. I've found new ways to describe the situation um, and bring it across to students that is maybe more of an understanding. And I've found that in dealing in a community where I'm around a lot of younger musicians and I'm trying to help them as much as possible, I've actually found that I've understood them a lot better at this point. And I think understanding is is, is a key point as um, whether it be as a parent or whether it be as a teacher. It is incredibly important to understand who you're working with, whether it be in a professional basis or with a student and so on. So, yes, there's, there's a lot of work that we need to do and there's a lot that we can do. So, do not give up. Okay, so that is closing. So we are on various different social medias. We are on Instagram and Facebook under the name International Artistic Development. We are on Twitter under the abbreviation of that, which is IntDev. Uh, wait, is it Int Art Dev? <laughs> so International Artistic Development, just the first three letters of each one. And then we are also on Discord. This, this is what we were live on tonight. Um, so sorry for those that were in attendance and maybe everything got cut off by the power outage. Um, so you can find us at discord.me forward slash I dash A dash D. Alternatively, if you find us on Instagram, you can find our invite in our bio. That'll be the easiest method. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube or another type of um, streaming service, you will find that the details will be linked in that. So thank you very much for those that attended the live podcast and thank you very much for listening in i hope i've given you some insight some inspiration and maybe some ideas that you can work with from here on out thank you very much this has been matthew hoffman with international artistic development